they sent me a letter saying you've got more scars on the brain and everything adds up to multiple sclerosis and you can see the neurologist in eight months time so the day I got that letter I got in my car and I drove straight to the hospital where the neurology was and I politely said to the receptionist I said I've received this letter today and I'm not seeing a neurologist for eight months but I can't wait eight months so I'm going to politely sit in the reception and wait there until somebody can see me and they did they got the neurologist that sent the letter out and he pulled me into his room and he gave me a neurological exam and he said to me yeah this is ms and here's the number for the ms nurse poetry it came as an escape it replaced a thought diary that a counselor suggested that i should write for depression Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kolaskowski, and with me today, I have Robbie Gillette. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored that you decided you would share your story with me and the listeners. I don't know what your journey involves, so let's just jump in. And can you tell me a little bit about what kind of symptoms you were experiencing that made you think something was wrong and you needed answers? I was a kitchen fitter and I was at work in a block of flats and I was in the bottom flat and I was lent over a kitchen unit screwing the feet on. And then I was just stuck there. I couldn't move. Um, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't scream, shout, or lift myself off. I was just stuck there for about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. And it was just weird. I just remembered being in my head like, what's going on? Am, am I dying or is this a stroke? Or, or I don't know. But um, after about 10 to 15 minutes, I started to get, feeling in my fingers I could wiggle one wiggle two and then I could move my arm and move my head and I just pushed myself off off the unit and then I went and got in my car I drove straight home and went to the doctors Um, he thought I had a stroke that's what he thought at first so they sent me off for an ultrasound of the neck and there was there was nothing there so they sort of just said, oh, maybe it was nothing. Maybe, I don't know, they didn't really know. But then they sent me for an MRI scan and there was a slight lesion in the brain. They just thought clinical isolated syndrome. That's what they thought it could be. When they saw that lesion, did they think maybe it was from a stroke or did they really think that it was CIS or clinically isolated They, they thought it was CIS after they saw the lesion. They thought it was a stroke up until the, the scan from the neck came back clear. Um, and everything else came back clear. But and then the scan showed one, and they thought it was CIS. Um, but and then after over time, my hands, like the following days and weeks to come, my hands were starting to curl shut. And so I knew that this wasn't right. And then they sent me back for another MRI scan. And then it had more lesions on it, a few more. And then there was... I got a letter saying that there is a possibility that I might develop MS as I get older. And this is nothing to be too concerned about right now. But obviously I was really concerned because I was just getting worse. But what age were you at when this started happening? 
I always get confused with this one. So it's, it's either 24 or 25. Yeah. And my wife knows, but I forget I'm terrible at it. It's all written down somewhere. Um, <laughs> 20, 24 or 25. You were really a young man and being told that let's just wait and see is a horrible yeah. prognosis. Yeah. But they carried on the tests and six months later I had another MRI scan and that shoot up more lesions. And then they sent me a letter saying, you've got more scans, more scars on the brain and everything adds up to multiple sclerosis. And you can see the neurologist in eight months time. That was sent to me in March, 2015. So the day I got that letter, I got in my car and I drove straight to the hospital where the neurology was. And I politely said to the receptionist, I said, I've received this letter today, but and I'm not seeing a neurologist for eight months. I said, but I can't wait eight months, so I'm going to politely sit in the reception and wait there until somebody can see me. I said, even if it's for 10 minutes, I just need somebody to explain this to me. And they did. They got the neurologist that sent the letter out, and he pulled me into his room, and he gave me a neurological exam. You know, the exam where they go, look over here, look down there, does this hurt? And they stab you with a couple of pens and and things like that. Um, and he said to me, yeah, this is MS. and and here's the number for the MS nurse. Wow. Wow. Okay. So if you could see me, I'm sitting here with my mouth open. I'm going, yeah, Robbie, nothing like taking things in your own hands and driving straight to the doctors instead of waiting. I, I couldn't wait eight months that somebody, if somebody gives you news like that, you, I couldn't wait. I, I understand that everybody's busy, but if it was a couple of weeks, I would have probably waited. But eight months was a long time. It was too long for me to wait. Yeah, so sounds like your diagnosis then really didn't come fast, but it wasn't extremely protracted either because some people I've talked to have been like 5, 10, 20 years to get to this point. It was March to March. My first symptoms was in March 2014. Well, the symptoms that I thought of at the time was 2014, uh-huh. and then I was diagnosed in March 2015, so it was a year to the month. Do you think the doctors who you saw in this process when you showed up and you said, I had this problem and I couldn't stand up or my hands are curling, do you think they took you seriously or and really listened to you or was there something that didn't quite connect? I think maybe at first, maybe they thought I was over-dramatizing it because of how young I was and, and I suppose you don't come across somebody coming into your doctor's surgery every day as young as I was, 24, 25, and saying, look, I think I've had a stroke or there's something going on. Um, so I, I think maybe they thought I was over-dramatizing it or something like that. But um, I don't know. They they were very good. I suppose they were very good. They They pretty much did as I asked them to, and they did the tests. It's just it took a long time because MS is a hard diagnosis to diagnose. Right. And you want to be sure that if you're diagnosed with MS, it really is MS because getting off of that path is equally difficult, I think. So it's very easy to get diagnosed. And then if you're not really having MS, getting undiagnosed is a difficult process. Yeah, but the story didn't stop there. That was in the March. In the August, I moved across country so I could live somewhere nicer. That's why I said to the wife, can we move here? Because if I'm going to get ill, I'd, I'd like to live somewhere a bit better. And my mum's down there so we can be close to, closer to family in case we needed support. And then the neurology team here said, we're going to take all that away. 
and retest you for the whole lot in case it's not that, in case it's something like vasculitis or something different. So I, I had a second lumbar puncture and I had two more MRI scans and it, and it carried on. And through that time, I got worse and worse. And But it just kept flashing up that this was MS. And eventually they said, you, you definitely do have MS and there's no argument with this. So I was technically diagnosed twice. Yeah. So okay. So you're you're a case of being undiagnosed and then diagnosed. Again. <laughs> yeah. So so it sounds like sounds like your diagnosis had a lot of drama involved with it. And I know that you are very active in the literary community as a poet and sharing your experiences um, with MS. You write the book Thoughts of a Warrior Beneath the Tracksuit. And yeah. it's your own personal collection of, of poetry and written word describing your experience of living with MS. And I know that book is available through Amazon or other places where you can find books online. You can search for that. But would you have a piece from your book that you maybe would like to share with us today? If you like, I'll read you the, f- the first poem I ever wrote regarding my MS. Oh, that would be great. Uh, It's called This Time. There was no accident. Not this time. Friends and family say you're going to be fine. But how do they know? They're not me. Is it just in my head? Or is this insanity? There's no denying it. Not this time. Not even the doctors can say it's fine. I froze, dead still. I couldn't even blink. Am I dying? A stroke? What would you think? A new day? More tests? What this time? Needles and scans or fluids from the spine? I'm nervous and I'm angry. And I'm scared to say the least. What am I fighting? What is this beast? Test after test, I get my results this time. The problem is me. I'm broken. Stupid brain of mine. It's scarred, signals blocked. It's multiple sclerosis. What now? How am I going to fight this? Don't give up. I need to be strong this time. Quitting's not an option, not when there's a mountain to climb. I'm frightened and it breaks me. But MS I can beat. I am a warrior within that nothing can defeat. That was wonderful. And that was the first piece that you wrote. Can you tell us what, did you have prior experience writing before your diagnosis? When I was little, um, I used to write a bit. And then as you go into your teenage years, everybody has that 50 cent era where they, where they want to be 50 cent. Um, <laughs> but um, sh- short of that, no, no, not really. Poetry, it came as an escape. It replaced a thought diary that a counsellor suggested that I should write for depression. Um, but I wasn't very good at that. I, I didn't really like it very much. So instead, I, I turned it into verses and then poems. And then this time, was that was the first poem I ever wrote. And since I've been writing... I've been three years, I think now, and it, I just I go to it all the time if I have a problem to um, to 
let something out a release if you like and it's something that I can do from wherever I am I, I wrote the book Thoughts of a Warrior in bed on my phone and that helped it helps to release and while doing that it's raising awareness and it's also supporting others and people going through the diagnosis it's giving them a picture of of what it's like and people that have been diagnosed are saying thank you for me helping them put into words what they can't find in words and it's an amazing feeling i've read a number of your a number of your pieces um through Facebook, where you posted things quite liberally in a number of groups we jointly belong to. And I will say I'm quite impressed with your ability to put the emotion of what having a diagnosis of MS feels like and living through it. So, um, And the people who have written recommendations for your book say the same thing. So bravo. And I think people that listening to you recite this time for us will be prompted to go and look for more of your work. So would you have any advice for people who find themselves on a similar journey of something is wrong or they've got symptoms, but I don't know quite what it is? Do you have any advice for them as to what they should do next? If you've got something that you're not sure, it's straight to the doctor. I went straight to the doctor and, and stick at it until you have a definitive answer. Because sometimes some doctors may be just you're a number, so they just get you out. Oh, it could be this. It could be this. Because they tend to test you for the smaller things before the big things. So they could, you could be getting tested for a long time. But if, you're, if you believe that there is something the matter, then it's definitely straight to the doctor and persevere with it as well. So, well, there you have it, folks. We've been listening to my discussion with Robbie and his diagnosis journey and what it took for him to find out that he has multiple sclerosis and how he's converted that now into an exceptional piece of work that I hope you will check out. Again, thank you, Robbie. Thank you for having me. This, this is amazing. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you.